All right. Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Uh, Bud, have a quite a game to talk about in Clemson. Uh, would encourage people to go back and listen to your Instant Reaction podcast. Uh, if they did not otherwise hear that, and uh, we can have a, a little bit of a similar conversation today, this morning, and also a more broader conversation that, you know, you are four games in, a bye week, and this is a decent point of uh, reflection, making sense of what you've seen so far. And, uh, hey, isn't it a hell of a thing to do all of this through the filter that we're talking about a 4-0 and football team? There will be places that were critical. There will be uh, aspects that we talk about uh, that could be concerning later on in the season should they not change, evolve, whatever. But we're always going to remind you, this is a fan base that's hard, had its heart ripped out in September pretty much every year for the last seven years or so. Um, yeah. And you're now 4-0. And who cares if you're five in the country? You're a top five team in the country, even with some kind of silly poll stuff. But uh, we're never going to complain about the polls in September and uh, look forward to today's podcast, as always. Want to thank our friends at Homefield, uh, homefieldapparel.com. Fantastic place for vintage gear, uh, both their 1.0 line and their more recently uh, release 2.0 line of uh, fantastic Florida State items. Would encourage all of our listeners to go homefieldapparel.com, take a look at the Florida State merchandise. If you have friends from other schools, I mean, they have done a fantastic job of gathering licensing from a massive swath of schools, everything from uh, large SEC powers to Ivy League schools to everywhere in between. So homefieldapparel.com, coupon code NOLCAST uh, for NOLCAST23 at checkout for an additional discount and thank you to our friends at Homefield. No doubt, man. Um, I want to know how this boat ride went. <laughs> this is unlike anything I've ever done before, man. <laughs> I guess I'm more familiar with like the lakes of northeastern uh, Georgia where like Raven or Burton is more mountainous and like you're not you're not driving your boat onto a bank or anything else. Like you that's you're that's not gonna happen. Um but yeah, man, you just get that p pontoon boat up to ramming speed and you put it there on the bank and <laughs> off you go and <laughs> you come back. And uh, I mean, it is a popular it's there's not like thousands of people doing that. But to give you perspective, the first cove that we went to at 830 in the morning was already full. So we had to go to option number two, which was fine and uh, easy. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the way to beat traffic. I'll tell you that much. And uh, it was a. It was a cool experience. And you're a three or four minute walk from, you know, being at the uh, SO club or whatever else. And you're, you're off and running at that point. So uh, something that I will do again, um, you know, assuming that, that Florida state and Clemson continue to play each other regularly moving forward. So I don't know if people realize just how bad the like parking situation is at Clemson for like, not in terms of like the inability to find parking, but the, like how long of a walk it is for the mm -hmm. most part, to the stadium. So if you got anything to get you close, that is, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Shoot. That's, I, I I know we had some skepticism the night before. Like, I don't know how this boat thing is going to work. If I, you can't again, find a place I to was, knock this thing, like, like was, turn around and it'd be late to the ball game. Yeah, yeah, I thought my friend was you know. telling me we're just going to pull up to some marina and dock it. And I'm like, dude, this is on game day. But uh, again, I was, I was thinking uh, from my past experience with lakes and uh, Lake Hartwell is very different. And yeah, like I said, you just, uh, 
cruise that bee right on into the sand there, throw an anchor out, and you're off to off to the college football game. So uh, it was awesome, very cool. No more road games for a little bit. I'm yeah. like excited to see the Knowles and Doak actually, and like you you know they're going to come back to a crazy packed house. Uh, you, you've played three games already this year away from Doak, and you're not going to play a road game where you're a single digit single digit favorite or worse probably until the swamp, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you could be 10 in the swamp, depending on, on what happens. I, I don't I don't think you'll be double digits down there right now with how that defense is playing. But, I mean, this is a – I think I said it on the instant. Like, this is a good opportunity to to work on some things. Uh, obviously, as a show, we can definitely appreciate some things, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to see how this team evolves throughout the year. And everybody – I mean, 4-0 is – like four and zero is is better than I think. Well, clearly it, it you couldn't have done better. So, you know, but like that that is exceeding like the expectations for sure. Everybody I think would have taken a one and one in those two, right? Like if you told me you get out of September at three and one, I think everybody says yeah. Ninety five percent of people would have said yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if not a hundred, I mean. Three and one was what we all talked about. Can you split the two games? And uh, the assumption was play Clemson in the uh, ACC championship game again, whether it be that you lost to Clemson or whether it be that you needed another quality win uh, and you were probably a playoff team. And uh, certainly the math works at four and oh, despite, you know, you sliding back seemingly one place in the, in the polls every week uh, as, as is practice evidently. So did you get a Tiger King shirt yet? I did not. Uh, although I talked to uh, <laughs> I talked to a couple of the gentlemen behind that project yesterday, gave them massive kudos. Also told them that they need to give Joe Exotic somewhere between five to ten thousand dollars just as a marketing fee, uh, because that guy's done more for the shirt and for this thing than anyone else. I, I've got to think it's like like I woke up this morning to a bunch of friends of mine sending me a text where he had tweeted out that Graham Mertz is the real Tiger King and. Uh, at this point, maybe he is getting paid for for promotion because uh, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. I don't really think he's getting paid for promotion. I think you're dealing with a a, a crazy man, uh, but you know, a crazy man who's giving a lot of great publicity to to Jordan Travis and uh, cool that all of the uh, offensive linemen are sharing in the proceeds of that shirt as well. So good on Jordan and his team for coming up with a concept like that. I I have a confession. I never watched the doc. Mm. I, I probably should. Like, I, I have a general idea of who that is, mm-hmm. but I don't know all of the details. I, I've seen some of the social media clips. Like, the, right. the vibe I get is, like, this is kind of crazy mm-hmm. uh, stuff going on, and I'm not really sure how much of it is crazy for TV versus, like, real crazy, but I, I think there may be some real crazy going on there. I, I don't I don't know. Um, we'll see. Uh, something that was crazy... Again, I have to warn you guys. Sorry, I got that back to school crud from the kids. Sucks. It's the old school no no cash shirt. This is, is the not? yeah, because I, I I have not done laundry. I can um, tell. I, but this is like hey, you know, old school full yeah. cotton. Punning um, is bunning on the back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this okay. is, yeah that's I know I know the I know the merchandise. Look yeah. At that. Uh, we don't sell that one anymore. So that if, if you're an OG Nolcast supporter, like I, I you still see these occasionally at, at events and, and it's, there's kind of like the, mm-hmm. the knowing nod. 
like the the, the 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 OG recognize OG type thing. Something that is uh, not normal, by the way, but I we do do have to give him a shout out. Prize picks promo code Nolcast is your one hundred percent deposit match bonus. I told you guys that's not normal to hit twenty five to ones. Uh, it's also not normal to hit ten to ones uh, as often as we've been doing. But hey, I don't think people will turn it down. We did hit on uh, on Saturday with the official Nolcast prize picks entry. That was Will Shipley, more than 19 and a half receiving yards. Keon Coleman, more than 14 and a half fantasy score. He almost doubled that. So yeah. big game. Keon, Michael Penix, under 362 and a half passing yards, which thank God Washington uh, had two defensive scores early on in the ballgame mm. because it just took away drives for Penix to, mm-hmm. to shred. Cal, Phil Dracovic, less than 21 and a half rushing yards. That was actually a major rush. Uh, he had like a 26-yard run to start the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Pitt has four of their five offensive linemen out, so let's see how many times he can get sacked. And he actually got sacked enough that unfortunately he got knocked out of the game and finished with just five rushing yards, which is less than 21 and a half. And Rasheen Ali, never in doubt, over 100 rushing yards against Vatek. Vatek is uh, – you know how you kind of feel bad when 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 Dent is out at safety? Uh mm. Both of Vatek's safeties are out, and the backups just are not playable at a, a, like a an F, FBS level. So they, they don't they don't rotate, and they don't fill, and yeah. So five for five, five for five. Look at Good. that. Glad you didn't go with my Connor Wegman suggestion, as he was uh he was knocked, knocked down the game sure. early there and and did not uh, hit the number that I thought he would. So uh, well done, man. That I did play that on another on another card actually, yeah, but uh, the official Nolcast card. We, we, we official Nolcast. I. Uh, Almost like you know what you're doing when it comes to this subject matter. So, <laughs> I, you know what? Like, do you think Prize Picks will cut us off if we keep giving out winners? I, I, I don't know. Two twenty fives and a ten in, in, a, fun, in a month is be a fun conversation, definitely. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get into this. I have a bit of a defense of Adam Fuller. Okay. Which. You guys know that I was of the opinion that it was a gamble to keep Adam Fuller, right? Like the company line was the continuity, uh, not wanting to switch up what you're running in an offseason when you had two really difficult games to be played in the first month. I think it's a fair argument. My argument was that I thought all this defensive improvement last year was fakery, was that it was mostly as a result of playing bad quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, injured quarterbacks, or in some cases, injured backups, mm-hmm. right? Um, however, this game, and, and Fuller does have a major pattern, which is a problem of if you blindly bet the first half team total over of FSU's opponent, you have made an absolute killing. Teams do come out and shred this defense in the first half kind of routinely. But the pattern is not always the same. Like the way it happens is not always the same. And I think you need to consider each scenario differently. We talked about this on the phone because when we shot the preview, we did not know Antonio Williams was out. That's Clemson's best receiver. We knew Turner was out. Williams had come back in the ball game against FAU. So we thought he was going to be okay. And I know when we talked on Friday night, I was like, look, let's, People are going to be pissed about this potentially, but I would not necessarily just blitz like crazy to start the game because when you have a bunch of young receivers, there's a chance that those guys have 
with the lack of experience in the system, difficulty being in sync with the quarterback, difficulty breaking their routes off at the right spots, right? Like there's a real chance that maybe Clemson gets some short completions, but they they screw up. They throw you a pick or two, right? Like can can those young receivers can can you make them prove it? Also, like Clemson recruits a high level of athlete. So there is still the chance the young guys could create an explosive play if you're giving them a lot of one-on-one opportunities. Early on, you didn't blitz a lot, man. I don't think that the process there was necessarily bad. What happened, though, was Clemson blocked you pretty well. Like, you weren't getting home with four. And they exploited your linebackers and safeties and coverage, which is a known weakness for sure. They did a good job of it. And you had to switch up. And then you started blitzing a lot more. Like, I mean, shoot, they they probably sent 15 or 16 blitzes in the second half. Clemson had like one good drive out of the final eight or nine. You know, they they would and I thought they played blitz coverage pretty well, by the way. Like we, we should note that they had to like they the initial plan didn't work. And they, they changed it up. They're like, okay, these guys are not screwing up things right now that sucks we hope they would we, we need to force the issue a little bit more and they did and it it largely worked in the second half they gave up one touchdown drive and, and they they also scored which sure that's random but like they were getting pressure throughout the second half and make making him uncomfortable so i i don't hate that like i i yeah it's real like the things that led to the the, the first half deficit are really concerning to me but I don't necessarily hate the process that Fuller brought to this game. Does that make sense? I, I don't know. I, everybody wants to be up in arms like crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you've seen two fairly significant adjustments uh, in against high-level competition. Um, I do think, you know, you're right to point out to why it seems as though a lot of people are able to come out and have success against Florida State right out of the gate. But, uh, I mean, we had the discussion if you're you got new kids out there uh, like you said a lot of a lot of times that'll just lead to a pass being thrown directly to a defender and everybody's wondering well what the hell happened there well that was a freshman wide receiver who either didn't adjust properly or uh, you know saw the wrong uh, call from the sideline or yeah that's there's more of that that goes on than you realize uh, is that yeah. guys see the wrong call guys do things that they think were was called and was taken out of the package that week or whatever. I mean, it's a, there's still a decent amount of error that occurs uh, in this. And, and that's, you know, true for everybody. I'm not, not saying that's unique to Clemson or even unique to, to uh, young wide receivers. I mean, there's a, example of this happening in the BC game for, for Florida State with a very experienced wide receiver. So uh, it just, it happens. Yeah. I, I'm, I was pretty impressed with the blitz coverage that they played. I mean, that, that's, that's a higher risk endeavor that you're having to go to there. Um, I think you, you covered a lot of the hots well with, with, with your blitz stuff. If you look at, at, at the, the play where Deloach lights up Klubnik, the, which he did several times, by the way. Like, but mm-hmm. the one that result, like, one everybody knows what we're talking about here. If you're watching this show, by the way, like the video if you guys can. Uh, they they really confuse him. Like, like Clemson runs a little switch route. Florida State covers it very well, makes him pat the ball. Not really sure why why Clevin didn't come off that and try to go elsewhere with it. But I mean, Deloach is coming from 
from depth, like depth, depth. <laughs> it felt like he would never get there. And then I think in probably like the last second and a half, I was like, wait a second, like Klubnik's still staring at this, at this switch route. Like he's going to hit him. Uh, you, they did get some completions and some first downs, but the real crucial part is if you're going to blitz this much, you, you have to find a way to limit the explosives as well. Otherwise, you're basically just playing like Jolie Dunn style defense from, you know, that's kind of an old school reference, but we're both old. So, yeah. you know, old school Mississippi State type stuff. I thought they did a good job of that. I also thought Clemson played a pretty damn good game, man. Like, well, I mean, we said you were going to get Pete Clemson, you know, whatever it is, you're going to get it. And uh, I just sent you a text message, bud, that you might find entertaining. Um, and, you know, you had two kids that were at running back that were exactly what we thought they were and ran hard and made you tackle them and uh, a respect, respect to both of those kids. Um, quarterback play is not quite where uh, Clemson's quarterback play has been historically, but, you know, the kid's a decent player, highly, highly regarded kid. And when you see him in person or when you see him on TV, you can – you can see where it's coming from. It's just going to take that kid a little while to click. I am interested in Clemson. They they, they played well, uh, but I'll be very curious how they respond to this because it's not a program that's used to, you know, having two losses by the end of September, and um, that that will be curious. Talent is there. Um, I'll I will watch as much Clemson as I can the rest of the year just to just to see how a team and a program responds to a start that they didn't intend to have. Yeah, like, do, do they keep the fight? It, they do have a lot of young guys playing, so I don't think that, they, like, the young guys will necessarily quit. Like, that that's – some of those young guys they have, the, the Brown kid's probably going to be a good receiver for them, right? I mean, uh, Peter Woods would be good. With the exception of linebacker and running back, I think their young players are their best players. Yeah. Uh, so, it'll, it'll be fun to watch. They like, And their linebackers are uh, – hats off to them, dude. Their linebackers oh, they smothered Jaheim Bell. Incredible. Incredible I mean, players. like, Florida State – we'll get into the offense stuff, like, Totally, dude. I mean, mm -hmm. they force they tried to leak out Bell and, and scheme him open. They were just like they they shut him down. Like they mm -hmm. really covered him exceptionally well. On that Deloach blitz, by the way. I mean, it, it almost looks like a green dog. For those of you guys at home don't know what a green dog is, green green dog is basically as a backer, you it, it's like an optional blitz. Like if the if you you're the backer. You have the back if he if he if he runs a route, so you have to cover him. If he stays in the protection, you basically wait a half count and then go. It is a little odd to run a green dog from that depth, I will say. But uh, it, I mean, Deloach is is obviously a guy who has nice closing speed, as SK Club found out, uh, and a pretty good job, I would say, by most of the guys on the convoy of running with him uh, to the end zone. So yep. that that was uh, that was good. Where? I was a little worried. It happened literally right in front of me, and I was in that corner of the end zone, and uh, I was worried that we were all just convoying and not paying attention to the quarterback. And uh, yeah, and it's somebody yeah. finally blocking. It's like okay. and Tatum, Tatum got hands on him, and Deloach just uh, you know you could see the uh, the former high school skill position player because he just just put his foot in the ground, made a slight little cut in, and was not the least bit concerned uh, about a, a quarterback trying to make a tackle. So. They did a nice job. Uh, whoever is in the back does swivel and look behind to make sure mm -hmm. nobody else is coming from behind, which is good, you yeah. know. Um, so that was that was solid. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk offense? Do you want to talk defense? Uh, there's been a lot made about 
like I think we have kind of wrapped the Clemson game and then some just overall themes we need to take a look at, right? Uh, people are concerned with forcing the ball to Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman. They did have 25 targets in this game. Um, those are your two best players on offense. So far this year, forcing the ball to those guys has worked pretty well overall. Like it hasn't been, and clearly there are some other things that need to happen and we'll talk about it. But I don't have a major problem with targeting those guys a whole lot. I just, some more variety would be good. Clemson's corners are really good, by the way. Like, I don't think you'll, you will. Let me sure I don't say something stupid here. No, I'm right. You, you will not see a better pair of corners uh, than, than what Clemson has the rest of the year. At, at least not until, uh, if and until you make the playoff. Yeah, I, I thought they were, like Clemson's back end covered exceptionally well. They didn't really bust stuff very much. The man-to-man stuff was really good. They, that's a that's a good stuff. Um, no, they're good. I mean, they're very good. And I, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but the last play of the game, I said, uh, yeah, we're going to overtime. But if Wiggins isn't going to play, then that's a big damn deal. And yeah, second play of overtime that proved to be a big damn deal. Wiggins is a is a hell of a player, uh, and I look forward to seeing. Uh, what that kid turns into because he's a big physical DB with a, a really bright future on in front of him. So, Oh, they were physical. All right. For, for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, but both, both sides, uh, has <clears throat> a physicality to him in the coverage side. I, yeah. Uh, but Hey, if that's the way they call it long, long as they kind of call it both ways. Um, you had one total BSPI, I thought, which is where the Clemson receiver slips and grabs the FSU DB and it, and, Grabs, gets a flag. I'm like, the, the guy slipped out. Like, that's yeah. kind of on him, right? Um, very, very late flag. That, too, happened right in front of me, and uh, it felt uh, felt shades of Ohio State-Miami uh, as far as just like, oh, we waited a long, long time to throw that flag, didn't we? Yeah. And uh, right there in front of the Florida State sideline and even, uh, even saw the athletic director uh, – politely give his opinion to the side judge as to what he thought about that flag as well. So uh, it was, it was interesting to see. That is uh, I, from like a power rating standpoint, I downgraded FSU slightly after this game because some of the issues that they've been having persist and I upgraded Clemson slightly, you know, like, like if I had to project it again, like if we did the thing again, I'd probably go like FSU by one, not by four. So there's certainly a lot of stuff to work on, uh, which we can get into. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at the legendary team, 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. Over 500 NOLCAST listeners have chosen the legendary team, Chad and Shannon, for their home loan needs. They do a tremendous job. I've used them twice. A personal endorsement, guys, I, I think they do just a, a great job. So use them. 844-FSU-LOAN is the number to call. Chad must be making loans this morning because he is not in the chat so far. <laughs> well, uh, we'll then he'll he'll catch up in the group text. Uh, he will. No we, we will. We will get the group text going. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I put some of this in in the doc. Uh, I kind of want to talk offense first. This is a really good offense, even with how it's looked. There are challenges that they're going through right now that if they want to get on that like elite level they need to solve 
or mitigate or decide to not do certain things anymore, just maybe just give up on them. They are leaning on their strengths a lot, right? And it, it's sort of like there are guys in baseball now who have an elite slider. And these teams have basically said, hey, throw the slider 85% of the time. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, that was blasphemy. Now it's like, just throw your best pitch. Their best pitch is those two outside receivers. Um, it, it is. And those are two unique pieces. Um, yeah. But it doesn't, watching it, it doesn't feel like it has to be that way either. I mean, uh, I, I this is yours. I'm not trying to steal it. But we're 121st to Florida State's 121st in the country in throwing to the slot receiver. Correct. Um, yeah. And that's, that in, by the way, that includes the balls in which Johnny is lined up in the slot. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a problem. That, that yeah. will be interesting to see what that stat does over time. Uh, look, Keon and Johnny are uniquely talented guy, and Johnny, man, uh, that catch Johnny makes on the drive that you think at the end of the game is going to be the game-winning drive. I mean, that's one of the better catches yeah. you're going to see. Uh, Johnny Wilson is catches the big ones, uh, it seems, and the harder they are, the more likely it is for him to to catch the ball. Uh, but Really, really impressive player in his own right, obviously. But um, yeah, got to got to work the middle of the field more, and got to work more from the slot position. Uh, absolutely, agreed. I I had a tweet in the preseason. I, I found it this morning, um, and I basically said like like here, are kind of where I think the ranges are for the ACC quarterbacks. You know, Drake May, kind of first or second best. Uh, Jordan Travis, like first or fifth. You know, uh, the Leonard kid at Duke, you know, kind of first to fifth. Tyler Van Dyke at Miami, like first to tenth. You know, I I think Jordan has certainly regressed some from last year. He's not playing as well as he did last year. Part of that could be the shoulder, uh, but I think the ball placement has been lacking. If, I mean, if we're just being honest here, like he underthrew – heck, the ball to Coleman, the winning ball. Like, Coleman had to make a great adjustment to that. You know, that that's a little bit – I think you can argue underthrown. A lot of these have been underthrown and sometimes not competitive throws to these you know, six foot four and six foot seven guys that he has on the outside. And I, I think he's cost himself some money draft wise. Now, there's only four games and he's still top 10 in a lot of the metrics. But I do think he's been bailed out by those two receivers a good bit. Now, obviously, Wilson had some of the drops against Southern Miss and had a couple against LSU. But there is a different level that he displayed last year that I think he can unlock. But I don't, it's like somewhat as a thrower, but also as a runner. He's just not a special thrower of the ball. He's merely good. With the legs, that makes him a special college quarterback. That makes him potentially incredibly special. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he has the, the potential to be... Uh, as good as everybody, anybody in the country, when the legs are incorporated, it when he's healthy. Uh, I mean, just go back and look at the Florida game. Yeah. Um, and there are, I still have faith that you're going to see it. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen the evolution in, in practice. Uh, I've seen the guy, uh, uh, quite honestly, improve <clears throat> at a rate. And we've talked about this. We talked about this a year ago. That's not going to be fair to future quarterbacks because you're not going to see this much progress from a kid made, uh, I don't know, ever, but it is exceptionally rare. Uh, for the most part, 
you can either throw a football or not. Obviously, you can improve and you can work with some of the leaders in the game and you can make different aspects of uh, of your release better or maybe your, your, you know, your frame. And so you have more stability when you, you go about throwing. But And you can either throw or you can't. And Jordan has improved as a passer uh, in a manner that I, I don't think I've ever seen before. So uh, I still think it's there, uh, but I agree with you. There's, you know, the, the total – you know, the, the spider graph or whatever of everything of Jordan, uh, we haven't seen um, and still have faith that you will, but uh, hasn't been there yet. I mean, you got about a month to get it right. Oh, right. Like, like I, you, you don't, you, you could, Vatek is one of the worst ACC teams I've ever seen. Vatek like, may be the worst team in the Power Five. Uh, they are yeah. bad, bad. So um, we talk about that more in, after the bye week, but you're right. We, you've got, uh, you've got some time to get right here. My co-host on Cover Three was like, "Would would you sit Jordan against Vatek?" I said, "Honestly, like it kind of depends on. I, I don't have the medicals. I don't know what playing him more will or won't do to the shoulder. Right? Mm-hmm. Is it a thing where it needs more time to heal? Is it a thing where you just need to be cut on at the end of the season? Right? And so it's what what's done is done. I don't know if it's a thing with time to heal. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I, I think I would. I mean, he's." Like I know they want to win in the Heisman, but he, you know, he's like eighth and uh, sixth in the Heisman odds right now. I think, uh, depending on, on what site you look at, it's still very much in play. The numbers haven't really been there. That would be a game you can you can totally juice up the numbers. Um, so I, I don't know. Like like I mean, ten to one touchdown to interception ratio is really damn good. You know, like you LSU game was awesome. It, it's it's an interesting call, right? Paul's comment in the chat there is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 100%. Um, but I, I do think in the next month, they need to find some way to work the middle of the field better. And it, this is a – I think I would put Johnny in the slot more. Honestly, like, he seems to have the best feel for finding the open areas and sitting down and presenting himself as a target. You know, Bell to me is a guy that they, clearly he's very athletic. I don't know if he has the absolute best feel for that, right? Like he's a guy, it seems like they try to scheme open. They try, they do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they try to get a lot of quick one read passes to him where they've created leverage and whether they put him in motion or whatever, and he can get to, you know, a point quicker than the, the defender or, it's something that's been set up over time, like you saw in the LSU game, uh, et cetera. Yeah, they, they do seem to like to be lacking a little bit of just the like the go-to underneath guy right now. Um, and I, I think that's hurting a little bit. However, uh, one thing, if you watch like Colorado play Oregon, Bo Nix ain't afraid to take a profit. Mm-hmm. Jordan does need to take a profit more times. Like the third and nineteen play coming out of the own, coming out of your end zone. There's guys open, and Florida State's pass protection this year has largely been good. Jordan has one of the highest uh, time to throw numbers in the entire country. There are guys open. He needs to identify them faster and hit them, right? Or take off. Like, I mean, he's over four seconds, I think, for for time to throw, which is what. Florida State's run game, we'll talk about. Like it, it's been an issue for sure. And there's a lot on Jordan's shoulders. 
but he does need need to do a better job if they want to get to their ultimate goal, like make the playoff, you know, find a way to go undefeated. Because if teams know that he's not going to ID this, this stuff quickly and, and, and hit it underneath and take the profit and go play another down, they'll keep giving it up. Mm-hmm. And they're only going to try to put more resources on Wilson and Coleman, not less, after you had 25 targets and, what, 57 plays, 25 targets? That's that's a lot. Not that it was ineffective. So finding a way to get them more in sync in terms of the quick path passing game, some of the underneath stuff is is pretty key. If you get Jordan's legs more involved, you will see more zone, less man, because teams don't want to turn their back on Jordan. Right now, they don't have a major fear of turning their back on Jordan, I don't think, because he's not really taken off. Granted, the shoulder is probably a, a real a real issue. Although, I mean, if you're playing him, he needs to run in the big games. I still think he's a good quarterback, obviously, but there are definitely some some issues, and and it, it you know he he needs to get back to where he was last year. I think. I don't know if he's pressing or, or or what's going on there, but it you know it's certainly could could play better. Um, could play better. And again, you've played a really hard schedule too so far. You're four you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or let's never get too far away from that. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's a great thing. It's a great thing as a fan. You should be excited. You're four and zero, and you're not. This has not been like, oh my gosh, this is peak Florida State. Like, uh, this is a, a team that can grow a lot, improve a lot, and uh, and you're still four and zero. So yeah, that's that's definitely better than the alternative. You know, they're also they've dropped the tempo some from last year, and I think part of that is maybe the lack of success that they're having in early downs. Like, it is hard to tempo on. You know, when when you're, when you're second and ten, or when you run the ball on second and ten, and you, all of a sudden you have third and eight. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think you're healthy enough to do that, just personally, along, along the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. Right now, now you you may be in two weeks, but uh, no, this is not public. I was there, watched it. Like, Mo Smith, dude, you're a tough son of a gun. I, I've got a massive amount of respect for that guy. I was texting Bud throughout the game multiple times, like. I'm not sure Moe's going to be able to get through this series. Uh, he he was he was gutting it out, and uh, there's a reason why the teammates love that guy as much as they do. And he's uh, he he puts it out there, definitely. Uh, I'm, same thing in the LSU game. He's getting treatment mm-hmm. after every series, almost. Yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. It, it if you're if you're there at the games, you could see it, man. Like he's another guy. You may not need him until Duke. Mm-hmm. Washington has done an admirable job there at center. Uh, maybe not amazing, but like he's not been terrible. Some of the snaps could be better, but it don't seem to be like misiding a lot of stuff for the most part. The chemistry is is harmed, no doubt. Uh, but it, but I mean, I think I think you need Mo healthy for like, probably what maybe Duke, definitely Miami. Definitely Florida. Florida, yeah. 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 Um, by the way, a little less concerned about Pitt after watching that on uh, on Saturday night. I know we kind of had our, some doubts after the first game against West Virginia, but uh, yeah, Pitt, Pitt doesn't look like it's it. Mm. All right, you want to talk run game? 
Let's do. Let's do. Oof. Okay. Uh, look, so the passing game has been really good overall. Could get better. Run game is objectively bad. Uh, they don't seem ready to give up on it. They are still running the ball a lot. We thought that the emergency like break glass thing is just chuck the ball around all the time. I still think that is your emergency plan. Haven't really had to totally break it out yet, but okay. So you are 121st in rushing success rate. Your second 121st. Yes. Yeah. You are 10th in stuff rate allowed, which is actually not that bad. Not that bad. Like no. the number of runs going for one, two, zero, or negatives, you're only 10th. You're 22nd in power success rate, which is a major improvement over last year. Mm-hmm. I think that's largely indicative of the beef that you that you brought in. Like the ability to move people a little bit is improved. Um, why are you 121st in rushing success rate, and yet you're not getting stuffed all the time? Yeah, tenth and tenth paired with 121st is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, that's uh, it. It makes me optimistic, actually. Mm-hmm. Because like stuff rate allowed is generally an, an indicator that, that your your offensive line is getting abused. It's not totally. This is why. This is kind of why I think that they don't want to give up on the run game. If you were, if, they, if those were like, if you were 121st and stuff rate allowed, I think it's just like, guys, these dudes can't block, and they have been in prior years. Remember, we would go over this like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, a couple things. One. Teams are not respecting Jordan's um, Jordan's keeping of the football at all. Like they know he's not going to keep it right now. He's not keeping it so far this year. This has never been a good run game without without the threat of Jordan's legs. Period. Full stop. This has not been an offensive line that moves people really well. It's been an eleven man run game. Right now, you have a ten man run game. You are consistently outnumbered at the point of attack uh, because. Jordan is not a real threat to keep the football right now. To your point, and I would want to go back and look at the All-22 because this is in person and I saw a quick review of the TV copy. A lot of times to me, it looked like uh, they were having the, on some of that zone read stuff, <clears throat> having the defensive end just crash the running back yeah. and were requiring a safety to run up and and have responsibility on Jordan. That's kind of crazy, man. I mean, that's a a kid that's going to have to run up in the open field and in theory, uh, you know, have run responsibility on one of the more dynamic players in college football that if Jordan's healthy, he's keeping the ball eight times out of 10, if that's the look that they're giving him. And he's probably making the safety miss, uh, you know, three or four times out of 10 and it's a 30 or 40 yard chunk play at a minimum. Uh, so it's, now. it's basically just, just it's, it's gap exchange, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in crashes, you, you, you have to have an overhang defender or, or a safety come to fill. The thing is, yeah, like that's a good way to defend that. It's an awesome way to defend it if the safety never has to make an open field tackle against one of the most dangerous rushers in the conference, right? Which is basically what they have right now. Um, you also have some offensive line chemistry issues. I don't, I don't mean that in terms of like personalities or guys not liking each other. I think you clearly have some dudes who are banged up and gutting it out, which to our point, I mean, you're 4-0. You got through this thing. Like, that's been a big deal. 
but you part of the reason why you're 121st in rushing success rate but only 10th in stuff rate allowed is that you, they do not have good chemistry for feeling out each other yet right in terms of when you run some zone stuff how long do you hold the double team when do you come off to climb to the backer right like all this stuff can take time it is a sort of like like a feel for the guy you're playing next to right like you need to okay what when does the overtake happen so you, you you start on your double team right and then you basically have you need to like to feel because this guy's going to slide here and then you're going to climb to the backer does that make sense so if you haven't played a lot with the guy next to you for whatever reason they're not really having a great feel for that they're not allowing like a ton of just free rushers at at, at, at the run game stuff but they don't like a fast defense plays fast a de uh, sorry a, a confident defense plays fast right they know their assignment they're ready to go they go execute it they play hard i'm not really seeing that from this offensive line right now in terms of like the confidence in what they're doing when the look gets muddled i think they get slow they do need more time together which i'm sure is why the staff keeps trying to run the football some it, it is like some of this coordination stuff right now isn't happening and this is not a knock on, on Atkins so I think is a damn good offensive line coach and I, I think this is a well-coached offense they have a lot of really good pieces and a lot of complimentary pieces and they're trying to fit it all together you know but that's how all your runs get stopped for like gain of two and a half gain of three um I also anticipate that this week they will get in the film room a lot and do a deep dive self-scout to see if they are tipping. I'm not saying they're for sure tipping. And it's not always like tipping, tipping, but they may have some tendencies that other Ooh. teams have picked up on. I know in high school, we had a good coach. And in high school, some of the stuff's egregious. But like some yeah. of these guys would completely change their stance if you were playing them, right? And if you're if you're a well coached team, you're like you're just yelling out before the snap, pass, 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 because this tackle is like sometimes would switch his footwork up completely, <laughs> like mm -hmm. you know which foot he has has forward or uh, more often guards, you know, just kind of or some like he would go up to a two point type thing. It, it just there there were some tells. I I think that they have some self scout stuff to do there which again you've overcome if like if they are tipping and, if, and they're four and oh and i don't think it's like egregious tipping stuff I, I just i'm it makes me wonder sometimes how aggressively teams are playing this uh if if they have some kind of tell you also have i mean look I think your two transfers have not played quite as well as you wanted them to at times. Now, Xavier Thomas put out of his mind, I thought. You know? Predictable, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. a uber-talented kid in as big of an environment as he's going to have. Uh, and he did. He played really well. He did. And Byers has drawn some hellacious assignments uh, so far. Definitely. Yeah. I do think Byers needs more time. There clearly running out buyers at tackle because they see the ceiling because they know the ultimate goals of this team 
are not to go 10 and 2, right? They are to win the conference. They are to make the playoff. Hell, I'd like to win a playoff game. If we win one, what do they say, Major League? Let's just go win the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have emailed us or, or tweeted us like, hey, you need to play Washington at right tackle. I think Darius is playing about the best that we've seen him play in a couple of years because he's he's much healthier now, to his credit. And he's been an admirable fill-in at, at center, and I know he's got some guard reps too. We have also seen Darius at tackle, man, a pretty good amount. I think the fact that they're still rolling with buyers, and I know they put Washington in very late in the game. I don't know that Washington is actually the answer at tackle. Now, when Scott comes back, I could see them kicking buyers in the guard, right? But I don't know. When you have to play the high-level teams, we have seen, we've kind of seen some limitations of Darius. I don't know if he's a guy who you necessarily want in the biggest games playing tackle. Maybe I'll be wrong. But I think the fact they keep running running buyers out there is a tell that they feel they need to unlock that ceiling that he has. He's just not getting it quite yet. Not not at a not at a winning level. I mean, we talked a little bit about the Rubik's Cube of the offensive line, I think last podcast, maybe two podcasts ago. I still think it's working. Uh, I still think working, meaning it's in play. I, I still think, uh, yeah. you know, and and have all the faith in the world that Atkins. I mean, Atkins knows his his group better better than anybody, and ultimately, it'll be interesting to see what it comes looks like out of the bye. I mean, I would. I guess I'm a little bit contrarian that I'd be surprised <clears throat> if uh, if Emmanuel loses his job. If you do slide somebody down to guard, I think he's a starter for you. Um, and they trust him. I mean, very much so. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, there's there's some pieces to be moved around there in all likelihood. And uh, yeah, Byers is playing guard for you in two weeks or three weeks. Then you know maybe maybe that is your your optimal offensive line. That's kind of been my opinion. Just having watched this team, that if you can get blessed and a healthy Scott at tackle and and maybe Byers and Beach at guard and and uh, you know, Mo being able to get through games, then that's a pretty pretty solid starting five, definitely. Plus, his pass protection has been extremely good relative to competition level. Like I've been, I mean, I've been pretty impressed. Why I was so high on him in preseason, man. Bless had reps against Jared Verse that nobody else on the team did. I mean, that's and there's no problem with me saying that at this point. There were there were yeah. you could see it. You could see where like, oh, this guy's in pass protection. This guy has the potential to be pretty special. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Um, so we don't think you're going to give up on a run game. We think it could get what somewhat better with chemistry and cohesion and health. It probably can't be a dominant run game if you don't have the quarterback in it, just kind of based on on what this has been. We got weird comments going. (laughs) Yeah, we got some weird ones. Recently, I'm just, (laughs) yeah, I didn't realize my. Facial expression was that dramatic, but yeah. Um, so that's basically where we are with the offense. There's a lot of pieces. There are very few coaches in the country that I think I would take to run an offense more than like, like over Mike Norvell. You know, 
I do have some confidence that he will get get this all pieced together and unlock a somewhat higher level of offense this year. Uh, the fact that you have done this and you're four zero, I think, speaks to the talent on this team, and also like the lack of quit on this team. You know, uh, they truly believe, and I mean, you can see it in the cinematic recap. I mean, it, it, it's like they just. They don't seem to panic. Yeah. Cinematic recap is awesome for what it's yeah. worth. Uh, and those are those are good always. Uh, that one is very well done. And uh, if you haven't watched it yet, which if you're sitting here live watching a podcast at 930 in the morning, you've probably seen it. But I would uh, strongly suggest it if you haven't otherwise. I did have my son watch it. He, uh, he enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, he, he thinks Clemson is the foxes because the, the the paw. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. The, <laughs> Boxes. That's uh, he did not like um, when FSU didn't, didn't cover the angle route down by the goal line. Uh-huh. He, he he identified it. it. Was like nobody ran with him. I was like, yep, that's He's, uh, that's a problem. We're turning running. turning into Bud Elliott two point <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so uh, he is enjoying him quite a bit. Also, I, I showed him that the dad was in it. So yeah, that was that was good. Um. Let's talk about some congruity on defense, but first let's talk about congruity. Congruity HR, fantastic people. Uh, we've long recommended Matt Lewis and his team and been fantastic to see as many Nolcast listeners uh, ramp up. I believe actually they're up to 12 now, uh, just based off going back and looking at my emails and probably a couple more um, in the hopper. So uh, <clears throat> I say it all the time, I know, but, I've worked with Matt Lewis every opportunity I've gotten. That has nothing to do, well, part of it has to do with the Nolcast, because one of the businesses is the Nolcast, but another to do with the relationship that we have through him with the Nolcast. It has to do with the fact that I think he's great and he's always there, uh, whether it be text message or phone call or whatever else, and uh, he's he's as good of a partner or ally as you could have on your side as you look to optimize, streamline, or get the best out of your business. So congruity HR. Dot com is the website, and as I'm fond of saying, if you want to reach out on social media, I am happy to uh, make a third-party introduction to you and Matt and let the two of you take it from there. No doubt about it. Those guys do a tremendous job. Um, all right, so good job making adjustments against Clemson. Uh, I thought even on Clemson's good drives in the second half, they really uh, – man, they – you were close to even more stops. You know what I'm saying? I, I really feel like they, they did a good job. Uh, you know, like Clemson was, you were forcing Clemson to execute at a pretty high level for about the last, I don't know, eight, eight or nine, or eight or nine drives. Um, I have some concerns with this defense, obviously. Uh, I think people who think this defense is worse than last year, which is a lot of the analytics guys out there are nuts. This defense is to me way better than it was last year. I think you have played what people will come to realize is an elite passing offense in LSU. Uh, I mean, look, I know it was Mississippi state. Mississippi state's not a good SC team this year, but they did go on the road and were like 90% completions for like 400 yards. And then uh, LSU also torched Arkansas last week. So fun game, played a, fun game to watch. I enjoyed yeah. that one. Like you've played a total 
really, really, really good passing offense in LSU, and I think a, a Clemson offense that, you know, like they moved the ball better on Duke than they did, they did you. Obviously, Duke's a pretty good team this year. They're not amazing. You, they, a lot of people shouldn't make that comparison. And if you're trying to make the playoff, that's not the comparison you make. But it is kind of our closest context point rather than playing FAU or you know South Carolina State. They're doing some things really well, and there are some learning opportunities in areas that they can probably grow in, right? Um, all right, so here's some stats for you. Opponents are falling behind the chains pretty consistently. Florida State is number two in the country in average third, third down distance faced. To use a baseball term, like they are getting into a lot of hitters counts, Ooh. right? You're getting a lot of 2-0. They're getting a lot of 3-1, some 3-0. So that's a good. And here's the bad. Here's the shit that gets you fired if this continues, and it should. And I, again, I, I credited Adam Fuller to start the show. But if this continues, Mike has no choice but to make a change, in my opinion. And I, I like Adam. I like talking with him. They are outside the top 110. Blitz down success rate, blitz down big play rate, blitz down sack rate. That's not when they blitz. That's obvious passing downs. It does you no good if you get the team to third and long or second and long and you allow it to be converted. That has to change. They cannot allow as many guys to be as open as they are in those situations. Dent is not some NFL guy, right? You need to be able to coach up the other safety to do a better job. The lack of coordination sometimes when they play zone is is unacceptable. The lack of pressure they get at times is, like, it seems kind of predictable. Now, granted, <clears throat> they did score on defense in this game. We gave them a lot of credit for the adjustments that they made in this game. And I don't think they have a ton of NFL talent on this defense. I think you like this defensive talent a little more than I do. We can both agree that outside the top 110 in in obvious passing down success is yeah. unacceptable at any level. Like, that's unacceptable if you're trying to make a damn bowl game, much less if you're trying to go to the college ball playoff. Like, that, that's a major problem for them. I mean, it, they do not get off the field after doing pretty good work on first and second down. I, I think teams feel like they are somewhat predictable. And given this level of weapons that we think you have on defense, I, I think that's unacceptable. And like that has got to change. Like you can't be that bad. And I, that's, I know they've played some good offenses, but I mean, there's got to be some kind of come to Jesus, right? Hell, like uh, I, I, pu I, I pulled the new numbers this morning. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is. Your eyes ain't lying if it feels like 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 you know you get them to third and long and no I mean the stats alone in the in the BC game uh, were very instructive yeah put it when it comes to this so um, it'd be interesting to see how that plays and yeah that is you know that is tough when you've got uh, a, a piece as unique as versus uh, on the outside of your defensive line uh, Fisk has played really well Farmer may be your best interior defensive lineman on the roster right now. Um, 
and your linebackers have been solid. I mean, it is it is great to see what a healthy Tatum Bethune looks yeah. like. Uh, that is that's a different player than what we saw after the Louisville game last year. And it's as a longtime fan of Florida State football, it's just great to see a linebacker out there again who runs around and knocks the hell out of people when he has the chance to. That's what's what that position is for. Uh, that's a that's a that's a good thing. Now you know we can talk about long term at that position. A little you know could need to fill some gaps there, but the two that you have right now and DJ Lundy, this is solid solid three players. So all this a long winded way of saying that there's a there's a lot of nice personnel on that defense. Ultimately, I think they get it figured out, but the the uh, some of the challenges that they faced on third down and you know that's that's something that you got to do better with. Yeah, can't be. Can't be 127th in obvious passing down success rate. Mm. That's you, you don't want to be hanging out with like UMass, New Mexico State, Central Michigan. Like those, those are are not uh, that, that that's not the company that you want to keep. Um, I thought Pat Payton played a hell of a game. He did. He did. They were putting a lot of resources on Jared Verse. Yeah. yeah you know, and if, if you're you're going to get Pat Payton soloed up a lot. He he needs to play and play well, and I thought he did. I don't think Burst is playing as poorly as people think, by the way. He's not. No, I mean, I, like, it's rare nice. that I will, like want to talk down to people, but if the first thing that's coming going to come out of your mouth about Jared Burst's play is how many sacks he's gotten, then you're not you're just not paying attention to what's going on. Uh, the guy, the game against Clemson was a exceptional game. Uh, he's got some plays in there that will be like they'll be draft highlight plays. Uh, and if they're not on his highlight, when his name gets called, they'll be the reasons why the general manager or player personnel director felt comfortable writing his name down on a card and turning it in. Because it is very, very impressive, some of the stuff that Jared Dorsch is doing. I think they need to, like, and this defense does play with physicality, generally. Uh, they were very, extremely physical against LSU. I thought they were fairly physical against Clemson uh, at times. Boston College is the outlier, but it, it's very obvious that some of the defensive linemen had the flu just based on just clear as day. You watch them fire off the ball in that ball game compared to the other games. Uh, they were not, you know, not the same level. Have they had any interceptions this year where you felt like the quarterback was confused? Not to come to mind. No, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe the Southern Miss pick with with Jarian, but uh, the LSU one, the kid fell down. It was mm -hmm. good coverage, but the kid like it wasn't. They didn't create confusion for the interception. They didn't create any against against Clemson for that. Had they had a lot of times where you felt like, oh man, that was a really good job of scheming up a pick opportunity where the guy just dropped it. Nothing comes to mind. That's kind of my point, right? Yeah. Like that is stuff that coaching can and probably should create. <clears throat> and given the level of player that you have on the defensive line, which I do generally think is a good level of player. And the fact that you have two corners who you like. Now, are they first round types? Probably not, but they're, you have one of the better corner combos in the ACC, in my opinion. And you have two very, very veteran backers. The level of comfort and clarity 
that opposing offenses seem to have when they play this defense is a concern of mine. You should create some confusion at times. Now, sometimes they do it with the protections. Not always. They may be getting a little bit better at at messing with your protection schemes, but I, again, not totally sold on that. What I'm not sold at all on is is the ability to create confusion to opposing quarterbacks. Klubnik and Daniels operated with confidence on against this defense. Now you don't blow a lot of coverages, which is good, but you're not creating a lot of confusion, and I think with the level of experience that you have, you should. I think they, that that is not like they're not doing a good enough job coaching that, in, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. Um, you know, like that's that's kind of a problem. What do you think about the rotations on defense? Um, I mean, I know they love to do it. I know there's a couple of uh, like early positional opportunities that may catch people's opinions like what are they doing there as far as some of the early rotation um there there are times where i'm a little bit surprised by some of the personnel that are out there yeah i it's a delicate answer yeah Uh, i i I pick it up what you're putting down uh there, there is i i'm accepting your answer with the clarity that opposing quarterbacks play against this defense um, uh, you're gonna have a lot of games this year that are blowouts. In your biggest games, I think you need a a bigger share of your best players. Now, the early rotations make some sense because I think you did anticipate Clemson going really high tempo, uh, and at times Clemson couldn't go crazy tempo because you know, they they were not able to to have success on first down. Um. Uh, but I would like to see a little more out of your start, out of your studs in terms of, of snaps in in the big games. Uh, it wasn't like hot as hell, but it was hot. But damn, the sun was sun was cooking, cooking. I mean, I can understand some of the rotation from that perspective as well. It was uh, it was a it was a warm day up there in the upstate. Yeah, I would like to get Dent back in the lineup. By the way, mm-hmm. that's not. That's not the the magic bullet. It's not the cure all. But in terms of guys who get picked on, and again, like obligatory, yes, Knowles volunteered to go play safety. We know they needed some help there. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Dent is a better player than he is, and I think the defense functions better with Dent in. Uh, thank God you have Kevin Knowles, mm-hmm. so you're not having to run a true freshman out there. Else. Oh, um, there's a couple other things. Punting again, I thought was very good. Like Master Mono is punting the ball exceptionally well. He tagged a couple of them that were remarkable. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago. Like there is some, there is some legitimate different spin that some of these Australians are able to put on their ball. And, uh, Damn near happened at Clemson again, once, maybe twice. I mean, that, that does to me 
seem like maybe that ball comes down a little bit like a knuckleball in baseball to where it's just kind of moving around on you. And you see a guy, a lot of guys the last moment try to turn around and catch it over their shoulder or whatever else. So, uh, but no, Mastermano hit a couple of punts. I mean, the punt that gets down to the two obviously is, is going to stand out, but there were a couple of times where you were just like, dude, you got to have a great punt here or otherwise there's probably points. And, uh, he had the one that, that was a little bit short that went off to the Clemson sideline. But other yeah. than that, I thought thought he kicked incredibly well. And Ryan Fitzgerald, credit to you, dude. That that, you know, you you weren't you were rough last year. And uh put I, I can tell you the kid put in a lot of time and um went to a lot of you know kicking camps and stuff like that and put in the effort and it's great to see him make that kick and he didn't just make it from 48. I mean, that that looked like that could have been good from 58. So good to good to see the leg strength uh, out of that kid when he got a chance to just cue it up and hit it there. So, 100%. Big kick. Very, very big kick. So you kind of stole one against Clemson in which you they kind of outplayed you a little bit. And, you know, you, you get the defensive score. That sounds worse, though, in the context of, hey, you stole one against, against a two-loss unranked team. I think if we're using our eyeballs, I mean Clemson's a like Clemson's a top fifteen level team. Yeah, yeah, they're a top uh, top twenty for sure, top fifteen most likely. I, I agree with you. I mean, it's a like, good team. I mean, who are you putting over them? Like probably four teams from the pack. Yeah, Texas, Oklahoma, so that's six. Maybe Notre Dame, FSU. That's that's seven. Three from the Big Ten. Like, I mean, do you take Bama over them with Bama's quarterback situation right now? Maybe, but like, maybe not. Like, that would be a close game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've played LSU and you've played Clemson. They seem similar level in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't take like the Gators or Kentucky or you know any of those kind of no quarterback SEC teams this year. Yeah, uh, uh, it was it was as good of a performance as you're going to get out of that team, out of that crowd. I mean, they, they, it was a big moment. It was, a, you know, maybe we'll look back and, and say that was a defining moment on this run that they've gone. Maybe we won't. But uh, people people knew it was an important game, and uh, you got you got your best from them. Absolutely. Had they really not lost at home by more than a single point in a decade? Uh, I wasn't That's aware a of too run. many home losses they'd taken in general. I mean, I know Pitt they had, got them and uh, what? Syracuse got them? Or did Syracuse lose? I think Syracuse got him the one time, right? And we know yeah. Pitt got him. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Let's play. That's it. That's it. Stuff loud. A lot of artificial noise, too, uh, for what it's worth. Are, uh, are, are, are they going more speaker now? Oh, they've got their whole video board is just flanked by speakers. That's all it is. I mean, it's uh, it's it's quite loud. Yeah. For those of you who don't like the noise at Florida State, um, go to Clemson and you'll, you'll appreciate. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Some of the joys of doing the Nolcast from a Tallahassee hotel room. Is, uh, oh, uh, 100% have done occasionally, many occasionally a cover three with housekeeping. Occasionally housekeeping wants to come in. <laughs> oh, uh, um, all right. Quick look ahead here on the schedule. I'd like to get Dent back by the Duke game. That'd be good. Duke does mess with the safeties pretty well. And that quarterback Duke has is 
he's the only quarterback in the ACC who I legitimately would have to think twice before putting Drake May number one. And yet, after watching Drake May kill Pitt, uh, like Pitt played North Carolina pretty well, and just the throws he made were stupid good. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see the left-handed touchdown? I did not, no. Oh, so Pitt has him for a clear sack, mm-hmm. and he changes the ball to his left hand and throws a dart okay. <laughs> to okay. a tie. I was like, okay. I will, I will look at that. That's, yeah, it yeah. was like, okay, this is uh, this is some home stuff right here. Um, Vatek is legitimately terrible. They mm-hmm. will not score 20 points on you. They might score, like, in the teens. Kind of doubt it. Syracuse is uh, a confusing defense. They're a very well-coached defense. They also had to run their quarterback 25 times against Purdue. I think another 13 times this weekend against Syracuse, or against the Army. Their stud tight end, Gatson, is out for the year. And they just lost their best receiver named Jones for a little while. So I don't know if he'll be back against you. That's, what, three weeks away. The most important football that will be played by the Knowles over the next three weeks is on the practice field. And we'll just see where this thing goes. You know, 4-0. Uh, top four in, in the odds to make the playoff, by the way. I, I've seen this. Yes. Yeah. Like the actual betting odds, not like the fakery that ESPN puts out with, with FPI and stuff. Like the like the, they don't take bets on it. If they did, they go broke. Um, uh, the fakery. Yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed, you know, isn't it just great to be able to be back in a place where you can – Ridicule people's rankings and stuff like that. Look and at that. The fact that some people think that Notre Dame should be ranked above Florida State because they lost at home. Uh, it, it just, it's, it's magical. It really it's is. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Four, 14 points at home. Huh? Okay. Yeah. 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 Good and how about old Al Golden just keeping it real, sending 10 out there, two plays in a row? Uh, okay. So they, and they had to do like a, like a 60-minute style sit-down apology interview with Heather Dennis yesterday. Did you see that? Not Golden, but Freeman. No, I did not see wild. that. Okay. So, um, here's my thought on this. Ohio State doesn't have a timeout. Otherwise, they would have audibled to a run play on the second down when they realized they had a natural bubble to run the ball, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't really do that on second down because you only have six seconds left. And so you're going to run a pass, and then it's pretty obvious you have the option to run on the last play of the game because you don't care about the clock. The proper thing for Notre Dame to do there is one of two because they only have 10 men on the, the last two plays. They are worried about Ohio State hurrying up the line of scrimmage and getting you for a an offsides penalty because the guy can't get there on time, Right. And that's what Freeman said. Like, I was worried about them having two two bites at the apple, you know? Because if if you if they hurry up, run the play, get it, you decline the penalty. If they mm-hmm. hurry up, run the play, don't get it, accept the penalty, half yard closer, run it again. Okay. Now, what they should do in this situation, if you guys at home don't know, is a lot of teams will have a call for to basically create a defensive delay of game penalty, which is – have the nose guard just go grab the ball, right? Yeah. You're going to get flagged on the one. It's half the distance to the goal. It, it's right. a half yard, but it, but it, you don't risk them getting the snap off because you're 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 getting defensive delay of game, which is basically when you delay the game, like like it sounds. Now, the other thing that I thought they could have and probably should have done is 
you, you need to have your guy ready to run in. Okay. We don't have headset communication in, in college. So everything's still signaled from the sideline or sometimes they run a guy in. You need to be watching what play is Ohio state running. Okay. So they run a rollout, which just by rule is going to take a little more time to get everybody back and set. As soon as I see them run a rollout, I may want to send my guy like immediately. Okay. Now, if you're still worried about them getting up the line of scrimmage fast enough, all right, like that, I, I get it. But you still need to look at the behavior of Ohio State after that play. You ran a rollout, which again, it's going to take a little more time to get set again. Everybody kind of like moseyed back to the huddle. Now, I know Ohio State didn't sub, but they were not acting with urgency. At that point, like once, a, if once you send the guy, Ohio State's not going to hurry up and run fire drill. Because you've sent him. The, the communication is not that fast from the sideline. They're not going to risk that. So Notre Dame really screwed up a couple ways. Not having a not, not having a defensive delay game call, right? Like I know some teams definitely have a snatch it call. Go snatch the ball, like emergency situation type thing. The other way you can do this is like I said, like you need to basically have your guy on the sideline with a hand on that on, on that nose guard's back. Be like, hey, when I say go, you need to go like hell. And as soon as you run a rollout, you could say go. As soon as you realize they're moseying back to the huddle, you could say go. Mm-hmm. They botched that like crazy. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. One thing you should never overanalyze is what to do while you're in Tallahassee. I myself went to Madison Social last night because Madison Social is awesome and right next to the hotel. But uh, what you may want to do is go to Charlie Park on Friday evenings. And uh, as we've talked about, Previously, have some fantastic menu options there, whether it be the double duck frites, the steak and potatoes, the grilled ribeye that we've talked about, or the apple glazed pork loin, uh, that and so much more, and a fantastic offering of cocktails, um, whiskeys, bourbons, vodkas, tequilas, what you want. They've got uh, Charlie Park. Uh, Charlie Park is Tallahassee's best rooftop bar, and uh, people that we're ever so fortunate to uh, be able to pair with. So I believe it's... uh, Charlie Park, no, I shouldn't give out the website if I'm not positive to it. Apologies there. Uh, You can Google it, find it, make reservations. You'll probably see one of us there. And uh, Bud loves to buy people drinks. So uh, go up to him and ask for such uh, because he's very generous. So Charlie Park, thank you for your support. Thank you for your support from the whole For the Table restaurant team. And uh, been with us since day one, and it's always appreciated. Thank you guys for your support. Make sure you are liking the video. Uh, Graham and I have to get to our real jobs here uh, pretty quick, but I appreciate I, this. Was fun. It's a like we're we get to nitpick a four and zero undefeated football team. Got to do seventy five minutes of four and zero. It's pretty great. Look at it's that. Pretty freaking great. Better than seventy five minutes of one and three. I can promise yeah. you that, dude. Zero uh, and four. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Kitty Rillingham was still like that. That was that, that was some of your best work. But like, I mean, we. I don't want to do that every year. And no, uh, that's that's a that's a, a well that you can only go to so many times. So just like the uh, yeah, we're only going to have a guy from Scotland come in to give you know uh, psychological coaching and what it's like to be bad for an extended period of time. So uh, yes, we have left those days behind. We're moving on to uh, sunshine days, four and zero, uh, and a lot of a lot of bright things ahead on the horizon. So oh, last podcast. thing, Notre Dame could have a somebody fake an injury too. To stop the game, mm, yep. if they wanted to, yeah. So. Or they could do the jumbo, just have the head coach run out on the field. Uh, <laughs> Did you see that? Oh my god! 
what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, that was great. That was great. That's uh, he yeah. Is... When when you see a lane open up and it involves the opposing coaching, <laughs> the opposing <laughs> head coach in the sideline, uh, and you run through it, that's uh, that's that's quite the moment in time. So, oh man. All right. I'll see you, buddy. Great stuff, brother. Talk to you soon. Take care. Be well.